Hi, and welcome to another episode of Save Your Sorry, where we tell you about the rise and fall of your favorite or rather least favorite celebrities. I'm your host, Jose, with my best friend and co-host, Katrina Rochelle. Katrina, what star should we be talking about today that lost their shine? Well, we're going to switch it up a little bit today. We're going to do something a little different. Uh, So basically, kind of to give us a, a break, as well as like celebrate some of the 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 shows that have left us uh we're going to be doing a whole episode that revolves around either updates on previous subjects we have already talked about as well as some new stories going on about different celebrities or different things that have happened so like an updates hot topics episode okay love it so just uh weighed ourselves in here i think we should go for updates first it's the one we know about it's already established with the people we've talked about so the first person we're going to talk about is black china but before we even get to that i do have to make an apology it is um to two people i have to apologize to christina from uh spooky tales and i have to apologize who i assume is gretchen from Heathen Down Under, because I feel like this isn't, Heath wouldn't, he wouldn't be tagging me and things like like the Black <laughs> China thing. But I wanted to apologize and shout those two people out because I have notifications on my phone about Instagram and anybody who comments or tags, but for some reason, when it comes to these two wonderful people, I did not see anything that they did like from anywhere from like a week ago to like two months ago. And I felt <laughs> terrible because it, they were so nice and kind to uh, to comment or to like something or to tag me in an update of so, a possible update or something. And so that was so nice. So I wanted to recognize that. I already commented back like, oh my gosh, I'm such a late ass, but I uh, just wanted to say it publicly. Um, please still comment and like things. I will see it. I will see it. Jose has to share this blame. He was not going to apologize because he's not that type of person. But he also shares some responsibility. Um, all the Twitter responses have been replied to. No, no. All I'm saying is that we get so, on we get on the call and you say, yeah, you didn't respond to Christina. It was like two months ago. <laughs> but I that's didn't because... say it. You said, I didn't say anything, but yeah, I noticed it. No like or comment. That's I said, because... damn, you didn't want to warn that's because I just recently checked it. I don't think I should have to keep up on your work. No, no like, no comment. <laughs> All deaf. But yeah, so I just wanted to shout those two people out, and they're really great supporters, and uh, we really do enjoy those two people in their podcasts. So just wanted to say that. But anyway, first update is Miss Black China. Things that have happened with Black China recently, besides her losing her recent, was it defamation case against the Kardashians, right? It was defamation. Yes. Black China sued Rob Kardashian for revenge porn when he leaked her uh, sex tape and all that other stuff. That's been going on for five years, I, I I found out, which I don't know if I remembered you saying how, you, how long it was, but five years is a long ass time to be in litigation. A lot Basically, of these cases are like that. I know I can. Ne- I hate waiting that long for results. It's bullshit. But you know, speedy trial and all fair and speedy trial. So they tried to file a motion to enforce a settlement, claiming that Black China had talked to Rob 
and his lawyer and worked out a settlement for the revenge porn case, saying that Black China said she would settle their case between them if Rob would help her get a different lawsuit that was being filed against her from a previous boyfriend dismissed or without penalty against her. The judge took a look at that. He basically said that the, that there was no settlement to enforce. Black China said that they never worked out a settlement, but who knows, honestly, um, who's telling the truth and who's lying. But uh, the judge ruled against the enforcement settlement in a statement to People's Magazine, China's lawyer, Lin Siani said that China is very pleased that the trial judge denied Rob's motion to enforce a settlement that never existed. So I guess that's one semi-win for her. And because he did not enforce a settlement, that does mean that this revenge porn case does go to trial. Um, there's no date set, so this could be another five years for all we know, but it is going to go to trial. And there's no way that Rob's getting out of this until there's a guilty or non-guilty verdict. Interesting. I wonder so if there's like a amount that she's going for that she would settle oh 100 there's an amount that she don't want to go lower than especially after losing that kardashian case that she's trying to appeal she's i mean i'm not gonna say she doesn't deserve money or she doesn't she does or doesn't deserve money but she's looking to get some money whether it's because she's been wronged or not but she's she's gonna make sure that she gets her just her just desserts if she wins mm-hmm but so the other thing that went on with Black China that Heathen Down Under tagged me in was uh, this whole celebrity boxing thing. If you're not familiar with, not to be too harsh, but the celebrity boxing thing tends to be a thing for either falling off stars, um, D-list celebrities, or celebrity influencers that are kind of famous, but not as famous as they want to be. Yeah, you try to look up the roster and you're like, who you if if you're not really that bit of a fan of that specific person, you wouldn't really know. Exactly. Especially when I found out some of the previous names on the celebrity boxing ring were Vanilla Ice and Tanya Harding. Yeah, that kind of tells you. Hey, yeah. uh, June the 11th, Black Friday. Black Friday. I just called this girl Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> June 11th, Black China entered the boxing ring a a quote-unquote fitness model, Alicia Magan. That's what we're going to say. It's, it's A-L-Y-S-I-A-A-A-A. Okay, minus those other two A's. I just did that for effect. But she is, from what I could gather on the internet, she is an Instagram model slash influencer. And she actually also used to be an Air Force veteran. So, I mean, props to her. One thing that I saw, I didn't watch the fight live. Uh, because it was pay-per-view and why the hell would I? But I did see that people on Twitter were calling this the Battle of the BBLs. <laughs> Which if you saw, if you even saw a screen grab, I mean, it's accurate. The asses were in full force. They, It came out to a draw. And I think that was for a couple of reasons. Even though everybody said that Black China probably should have lost because she got knocked down on the ground. But let's talk about that. First of all, I think it was a draw for one or two reasons. Black China is probably going to do this again, or she's going to keep it in her back pocket as something to possibly do again, even though she called the judges scores bullshit. Um, and they don't want to anger somebody as famous as Black China or infamous as Black China. So they're not going to pin a loss on her. Oh, second of all, rigged. rigged. I was about to say, second of all, this doesn't matter. 
<laughs> win or lose, they don't win anything. They still get paid what they signed on for. There yeah, is no belt. This is not Monday Night Raw. This is it means nothing. So that's the second reason. Third reason is if you look at the video of when Black China fell, the girl who the uh, uh, Alicia, the girl. They first of all the form, the the form these people had terrible. The only thing Black China did good was swing wildly and block because she didn't want to get hit in her face. But they didn't know how to, to, to stand right. They're throwing punches wildly and then they throw soft punches, alternating the hard punches. They're off balance because the asses are so heavy and they ain't used to all this boxing uh, equipment taped on them. The girl was off balance and pushed Black China and Black China fell and the girl fell too. Yeah, I was really surprised it was considered a draw. I did watch her two or three minute clip and it looked like China was not really doing much. She was blocking, like you said, but it seemed like she was afraid to throw some punches. She did get knocked out a little. They they were both shitty fighters. This was literally just for, for looks. I saw why it was a draw. It was a draw because it was so bad nobody could win. Yeah. That's really it for Black China right now. She's still in the courts and she's still fighting for her life in the ring. Someone like Black China, she's always gonna be hungry. She's always going to be trying to climb that ladder. She a hustler. She get it how she live. Uh-huh. So next update we have is Abby Lee Miller. Ooh. Abby Lee has been in the news first via Maddie doing a Cosmopolitan interview and mentioning her time at the Dance Mom studio on the reality show and being taught by Abby. And then once Maddie's quotes and her interview got released, Abby then responded in a YouTube video, of course. So Maddie made some remarks about her Dance Mom experience and how she basically just not talked to Abby anymore and that she's okay and she's at peace with that directly quoted she was saying in her cosmopolitan interview talking about abby she was distraught when i left for the longest time we felt so guilty she trained me she helped me but also i knew i would be okay without her and i was sick of being in a toxic environment i was like this is not for me i can't do this and i haven't spoken to her since i feel at peace that's kind of I, I I I have no problem with anybody who spent time at that goddamn Abby Lee dance studio saying any of this because they were little kids up until they were grown ups or damn near grown ups and they were in this scrutinized environment of cameras and producers and Abby Lee trying to make you win but also simultaneously make good TV so you didn't know what mood was what mood Abby didn't like that. One thing she said uh, responding to in her YouTube video was, I'm glad that there was a uh, there was finally a small tiny schmidged of recognition because I did train her and I did help her. A lot of people at the studio did. And I know what I did for Maddie with Maddie helped her succeed. And then she says, if it was so toxic, why did you keep doing it? So, so far, before I go any further, how do you feel about what Maddie said and what Abby said? I mean, what Maddie said, nothing. And what Abby said, it's just what she always says. She gets results so she can treat these kids however she wants. Because the way she does it is getting results. Mm-hmm. Also, it's funny that Abby said, if it was so toxic, why did you keep doing it? Because Maddie had talked about in her Cosmopolitan interview, she had said that her family tried to leave Dance Moms for like the last three seasons before she actually left. But Maddie says that they were in a contract and it was really hard for them to get out. 
Abby says that's not exactly true. She says that the moms are under contract, but the kids aren't. Yeah, uh, the mom going to show up to dance moms with our child. That's what I was just about to say. Even though technically uh, Maddie's mom had another child who was a dancer, I don't think that's all the way correct. But yeah, yeah I thought that was just like you trying to come up with an excuse like she shouldn't feel this way. Another thing Maddie talks about is how it was with the cameras. She says a lot of people basically in the outside world when the cameras weren't off and she wasn't on dance moms didn't really like her. Um, she says, because in all her interviews, I would say, I'm the best. I know I'm going to win. But she said, that's because the producer was telling me to say that. I was just doing whatever they told me to do because I thought that's what you did. They set you up for failure. Which, of course. But she's a teenage old teenage girl. She doesn't know that. Abby did this. She basically said the same thing. Like, I, I was just doing that because the producer said something. I was just trying to make good TV and keep my studio and all that. But I yeah. think it's the difference between a 40, 50 year old woman who has control of her actions and owns the studio and is a teacher, a role model than a uh, nine year old saying that. I don't even feel like that's an update. I just think we already knew that. Next person is Josh Duggar. Ugh. Josh Duggar was found uh, guilty of one count of receiving child pornography and one count of possessing child pornography. Each of those charges that he was found guilty of carried a maximum pe penalty of 20 years in prison and $250,000 in fines. His lawyer and him wanted five years, of course. I think we even talked about that in ep no. Maybe a different update. Him and his lawyer wanted five years. The prosecution recommended 20 years. The judge, I guess, ugh, somewhere in the middle, even though he should have been given the 20 years, gives him 12 years. At this moment, everybody in his family is still kind of supporting him and still with him. His parents, well, specifically Michelle, and his wife did write letters to the judge asking for leniency before his sentencing. Um, some of the language I thought was very interesting. So in Michelle's letter asking for leniency for the judge, she says, quote, Joshua has a tender heart and he is compassionate towards others. She also says, if someone is having a difficult time, he is one of the first to encourage or try to help them in a tangible way. He and his wife and children have helped many others by doing cleaning and repair projects and lending a helping hand. Anna Duggard, who is Josh's wife, uh, she refers to Josh as a loving, supportive, and caring father. And it's just like, I understand why they wrote these letters. Oh, by the way, his, uh, his cousin absolutely condemned them and said, uh, Anna needs to divorce him and she doesn't support her cousin and thinks that 20 years isn't even enough, which I agree. Um, it's just like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Let me ask how you feel. In the case of what Josh has been convicted of or accused of before he got sentenced, do you feel like you should stand with a family member in their time of need and show support? No, this or dude already has a history. He's already abused his sisters. And then he has this on his work computer or somewhere at work. I forget yeah. the exact location, but you're, you're that's right. bullshit. And then you have a child of your own, this Anna, and she's going to put that in danger by standing by him and I got like four fuck or five Michelle sisters. because she let the abuse happen and now she's still standing by him. Like at a point, you got to say, this guy is no good. He, he, 
I don't think he can be helped. I honestly, he was doing it at work, which I, that kind of makes it even more disgusting. Like he couldn't even go a work day without being like, God, God, I've received this porn of children. I think it shows like also where his head was. Like he, he wasn't dumb enough to do any of this at home. He didn't want he his family around. Yes, he wanted this completely separate from his family life. Also, I like to, okay, I think Josh does wholeheartedly hold all this blame. But as far as past things, I definitely think the parents, Jim Bob and Michelle, really fucked up and dropped the ball because this is how I feel. If you want to say that Josh was a child, which he was, he was a teenager, but he was a child. And he did what he did because he didn't know better and because boundaries were not set. And he was not properly taught about sexuality um, and, and, and all those things that go with growing up and growing into puberty or whatever. Jim, Bob, and Michelle fucked this whole thing up when they quote unquote got him help, but they never got him help. They sent him to a working summer camp with a family friend to straighten them out and show them how to be manly by doing construction and yard work and shit. He never really talked to a, a teenage psych psychiatrist or like a, a like a sex psychiatrist or somebody who could have honestly addressed and identify what was going on with Josh as a 14, 15, 16 year old. And then maybe this wouldn't have happened as a grown ass man with a full bro brood of kids and you know in a family is, packed full of kids too i forget he has like 20 siblings yeah and we know that he abused his sisters and we know that he was caught with this pornography at work mm -hmm. that's what we know he's not getting caught every time there is stuff we do not know but yeah that's crazy but yeah that's the update on him of course him and his lawyers are saying that they're going to appeal that this was not right that they're not taking in the fact that some witnesses and some evidence is is from this person who has a vendetta no nah, no nah, i don't believe it there's nothing you could say to make me believe that josh duggar didn't have possession of that child pornography on his work yeah, computer I'm... and that he viewed it. So many images, so many videos, that's not an accident. And it's not accidentally just on your personal computer. I'm honestly surprised they even went to court. I feel like they did that so they could try to get the better deal with the jury, like technicalities and stuff maybe. But mm -hmm. it was on his work computer. I'm not sure how many people had access to that work computer, but. To me, it kind of sounded like they had him like dead to rights, like they they got him. Oh yeah, I felt like there was no wiggle room. I think that's why, even though it was, I think it was real cute of them to try to do that five years. That five years tells me right there, you know he needs to be punished. You just don't want it to be the max, 20. Yeah. Let's, and... let's just give him five. He'll learn his lesson and be rehabilitated. Do you know Hell if he nah. has any classes he has to take or anything any therapy because i don't know if putting him in jail is really going to solve it oh you're asking me yeah no, he's, he's sentenced to prison I, I don't know they don't get counseling in prison unless something happens to him in prison as far as i know i just know like when bill cosby was trying to get parole he had mm -hmm. to do like a program for violent offenders, violent sexual offenders, and he always refused to do it. Well, I don't think he's going to be able to... That that means that Bill Cosby was up for parole, though. Uh-huh. Josh isn't going to, isn't close to even being at his parole. I was just wondering if you 
know anything. Yeah, as far as I know, he's just been sentenced to prison, 12 years in prison. He hasn't even reached his prison yet because they're saying that the jails and prisons are so packed where he is in, I think, Arkansas, that they still have him in jail waiting for a, a bed to open up to do the whole like new prisoner, new inmate transfer situation. So he's still in local jail. But as far as I know, I didn't see anything specially tacked on, but I could look it up later for maybe next week. But yeah, that's all yeah, I have for now. For that's kind of ridiculous. Like, let out those offenders that have like marijuana charges. Let out those offenders. Man, been saying this for years. It makes no sense, especially with all these cannabis companies and everybody's making money off of it. Ugh, breaks yeah, my heart. because a person that is has child pornography and has done some sexual assault or sexual misconduct in the past, I think deserves to be in prison more than someone who got arrested for maybe some drugs. Yeah. Um, if anything, like stuff like that reminds me, like this wasn't child pornography, but it reminds me of, um, I think his name was Brock Turner. That case like makes my blood boil. He was witnessed raping a woman got caught and arrested and and got sentenced to three months well you don't think about his future i couldn't believe when i couldn't either like are like to be so to be so um what's the word so out out loud with your 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 bias your 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 misogyny your whatever it's so misogynistic i couldn't believe it three months witnessing like a man's world a rape kit he literally gets caught and arrested i couldn't believe it but yeah yeah so you're right i agree with you those motherfuckers need to stay in forever and people with these petty drugs and petty theft and i mean petty theft should definitely be released but I, I agree, which is a bigger conversation, but yeah. it, exactly that we can't really provide right now. You know what? <laughs> we sample. <laughs> <laughs> so on to um, some uh, talk show news. Let's talk about two different talk shows. One, two. First is Wendy Williams. We record Friday, technically Saturday, whatever. Wendy Williams' last show was technically today, Friday. And wouldn't you know, if it wasn't in flashback or montage form, Wendy Williams was not present on her last show that she's held down for basically the last 10 years more, if you don't want to count all the absences, but it's been over 10 years with her consistently. What did you think about that before we get into the more details? Uh, I'm going to need some details because I don't really know. I haven't really kept up. I know she's not there, but I don't know why. July 14th, 2008 is when Wendy Williams first premiered her talk show after being on radio, syndicated radio for fucking years. Right? Okay. Um, she was on there consistently. The how you doing? Hot Topic, Shady Cameraman, all the things that she made famous and created on her own. But as you know, I I like to think ever since the Statue of Liberty type of fall, you, you remember that, of course. Of course. Scary. Ever since that, I like to think that probably was the, the biggest sign that something was coming. Whether it was slow, fast, or indifferent, something was happening that we didn't know about. Because Wendy Williams is a bit of a sensationalist, but 
not when it comes to her. She doesn't do physical comedy. So that's no. what I thought that happened. So basically, um, from 2008 to 2020, I, I think October 2020. But anyway, in the year 2020, Wendy Williams sits down, tells the show, like, I'm going to be going away for a minute. You know, I'm battling her Graves disease, which is or, or things that were related to her Graves disease, which is an autoimmune disorder that impacts uh, the thyroid. Side note, useless fact, Missy Elliott also has Graves disease. Since 2020, Wendy Williams has not been the talk show host of her own show. Other celebrities, both singles and in pairs, have taken over as guest hosts from anywhere from like an episode to maybe a couple blocks of episodes. And in fact, Wendy Williams' last episode was hosted by Sherry Shepard, who I guess has taken over for the most part and who gets her own show following in the in the fall. And um, it's going to be going in Wendy's time slot. So it's like, well, we're just going to throw you in. Yeah. And um, when this was first announced, maybe like a couple weeks ago, Wendy Williams was pissed and didn't like it and didn't respect the way that everybody was doing this thing. Because uh, she basically said beforehand that she had plans to come back to her show before they basically said that they're not renewing it. Wendy Williams is going off the air. Yeah, Wendy's very quick to put other people's business out there and discuss it. But with Wendy, it's a lot of saying that she's going away for issues with her graves disease and then i remember she had that divorce and she was put mm -hmm. into like a halfway house or something like rehab because she wasn't feeling well wasn't looking well doing well by herself yeah and then i just keep kept seeing these clips before she left like her referencing her mom passed away and she said it just like very nonchalantly like i i guess how she announced it was very weird to the audience mm-hmm and then they had clips like of her almost like out of it. So I don't know. I, I I don't know what's going on with Wendy. I don't know if it was just her, if it is issues related to her grave disease, but I feel like there's more there that we don't know. Well, even if you put some of that to the side, which I agree, I definitely think of course, just like all or most celebrities, cause some celebrities decide to open up, you know, maybe later. But um, like most celebrities, she's keeping her cards close to her chest because she knows how the public is. She knows how she was. So she, of course, knows. But even if you put that to the side, her building this talk show from the ground up and making it popular as it was and, you know, being the influential person that she was. Do you think that it was wrong for because in the last five, six months, Wendy's been out spotted, you know, and she's been looking in relatively good health. She's not in a wheelchair anymore. She was in battle with Wells Fargo and getting her money, yes, but she's not looking debilitated anymore. So do you think it was wrong that they left her out of her farewell, of the farewell of her own show? I think there's a reason they did. I I think they wouldn't have done not it. Not spite? No. Mm. I think if they could have brought her back, they would have, because that would have been huge for ratings. It's not like Wendy had bad ratings. Yeah, people love to hate mm -hmm. Wendy. But she didn't really have bad ratings. She was pulling in the re the ratings still. She would say, you know, something outlandish, like when she said death to all of them, talked about Britney Spears' family. Yes. I just saw that clip today. <laughs> they said, ooh. <laughs> like she said stuff like that, death to all of them. And should they suffer, clap if they should suffer. And look at him. <laughs> Do you know him? He got I mean, murdered. Like, you know. She is the moment. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I think if they could have, they would have brought her back. That's my opinion. That mm, okay. there's well. more going on behind the scenes. Because it, yeah, it was her show. She kind of had that thing with her husband Kevin, who was working there, and That's then funny. he was pushed out. Mm-hmm. And this is all from like I. I don't even watch it. I just like hear about it. This is just the hearsay you're gathering. That's funny that you mentioned Kevin because that's why I was I was just about to bring him up. Okay. So your opinion is that you know if they could they would have and maybe there's just something behind the scenes that we do not know and that could be true because Wendy herself nor as I have heard a spokesperson for her has spoken out since it has aired but Kevin spoke out I think a day or two before the last episode. He said, quote, I feel like it is a travesty on the part of Deadmar and Mercury to have such an unceremonious departure without Wendy being involved. That's, I guess, the um, uh, Deadmar Mercury is the production company, I guess, that does the Wendy Williams show. Uh-huh. He says it is the first time in the history of talk shows for this to be done, especially for a show that has been on for more than 10 years. There is absolutely no reason why a bigger celebration that involved Wendy couldn't happen. So his quote is under the assumption that Wendy was not asked to participate. And so I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I could see your, uh, your, your stance. I also, I feel like just, Based off how I feel people do people, as well as Wendy probably did people herself back in her day, I do think this was more of a shady, um, let's just move her out, get her out the way. It's a new era. It's Sherry's time. Like, Sherry's been hosting for a chunk of time in the last, what, I think, I guess, month or months. She's getting a new show in the fall in the same exact uh, time slot as Wendy, I'm guessing they don't want to let go of all these people and leave them jobless. So I think a fair amount of them are going to transfer to maybe that show. I think it was just um, Wendy's old news. We're going to make it seem like we're sincere and we love her and appreciate her. And maybe on some level they do, but not enough to make her visible. Maybe because they were afraid of something that she might reveal or say, could be, or maybe because they didn't want to make themselves look any worse than they've been looking as far as um, the Wendy Williams show and how everything's been handled. So I don't know. I think there, Wendy is a, like Sherry Shepard's not Wendy. She could never be her. Wendy has this thing where she goes out there and she says this outlandish shit that gets her trending and gets people talking about her. I agree, but she hasn't had the mic in a minute. Yeah, but she can go on socials. I saw that she posted a old social on her Instagram or something like people were telling me like oh why'd she post that video it's from a vacation a long time ago mm-hmm. so I don't think it's her production company I think it's something else mm-hmm. and then you hope you heard those rumors of her she has like Alzheimer's or something yeah there's rumors about there was rumors like last year that she had dementia uh-huh. It was crazy. It was Tasha K, the same person who got sued by Cardi B and Lost. Oh. She was like, I got this exclusive coming. Wendy Williams in a wheelchair, debilitated, suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's. She said one or the other. And it did turn out like some pictures later that Wendy was in a wheelchair. But then like her family came out. Um, I think like somebody in her either legal team or medical team came out and was like, Wendy's going through some stuff. She's healing, but she doesn't have dementia. 
Yeah, I don't think it's a production company. I think it's either people on her side, like her personal side, are trying to like Britney Spears her and get her in a type of conservatorship type of thing, or mm -hmm. something's going on with her health. Well, we have no choice but to wait and see. Mm -hmm. Wendy Williams is now gone. The show, I think just like anybody else is doing these days, I think, and I think you even mentioned it too, she would, she would break the bank if she went into podcasting. So maybe that'll be her next avenue. Who knows? Next show that has ended is the other roundtable talk show that isn't the viewer of the talk, it's The Real. Are you familiar with The Real? You probably didn't watch it. I didn't even watch it, so I know you didn't watch it. I had one of the twins on there for a while. I don't think it's the one I'm that fond of, though. Because I yeah, like I, did. I didn't really watch it. Yeah. It was okay. Um, I liked peop some people on there um, before The Real. I like, I guess, some of them after The Real, because it's no more. But, you know, it wasn't my type of talk show. I kind of grew out of I don't need to watch daytime talk show hosts who got more money show me tips and tricks to keep that man. It's just not on my list. But I did appreciate it for what it was, which was a very diverse, dynamic roundtable that wasn't as old as The View, but wasn't trying to do that whole we lit, we on fleek type of thing. Like they were trying to do their own groove. Um, it just didn't last that long. But um, The Real lasted eight seasons, then it got canceled. Uh, the reason why I'm bringing up The Real is there was something that happened. So I don't know if you're familiar with actress Amanda Seals. She's like a political activist, actress, singer, comedian, poet. What's the people uh, who do poetry? What do you call Poets. Them? Poets. I was going to call her a poem and I knew that was wrong. Uh, poet. Are you familiar with her? Do you need to look up a picture of what she looks like? I don't know her. Okay. Well, uh, Amanda Seals was on The Real for six months. And then she ended up leaving abruptly due to a couple isolated incidences and overall feeling that there wasn't enough uh, Black executives involved in the show. And she felt her voice wasn't being heard, nor was her creativeness being heard or appreciated. The quote she used was, I left the real because it was breaking my spirit. I was being asked to not talk about certain things that felt like a betrayal to my people. So that's basically why she left. Now, why, the, why she ended up coming back into the conversation is when the Real announced that, of, well, when it was announced that The Real was canceled and that the people behind the show put out like this montage of moments, including all the hosts and people who have been there, hosts that like Lonnie Love, uh, Tamar Braxton, uh, Tamara Mowry, Jenny Mai, you know the people, all those people have been on there. In the montage, they showed all these people all their moments. The one person out of all the hosts that have been there that wasn't in that video was Amanda Seals. She went on social media, Instagram to be uh, exact, and she basically went off and said that that was shady, it wasn't right, and that they were basically discounting anything that she brought to the show. It doesn't matter how short her time was there, they should honor her contributions. And um, I'm not going to lie. First reading this story, I was on one side, and then after hearing Amanda Seals completely, I ended up changing. So I'll tell you my side, and then you you tell me how you feel. Um, when I first heard this, I was like, okay, Amanda, you was on there for six months, and then you left. You kind of told the show that you know they weren't respectful, they were rude, and that they didn't do things right. Granted, did she have some 
the complaints in there? Yes. But I was like, well, why would they put you in the montage? Why would they honor you? Why would they shout you out? But then when she said, uh, when she did like an interview on The Breakfast Club and she was explaining the fact that they, just because you speak out against a company about um, things that you feel that are not right, does not mean that they don't get to acknowledge you in the end. They don't, they don't, they get to skip over you and act like you don't matter when you put in time, work and energy into those spaces. And then I, I completely changed and said, well, okay, it doesn't, it, yeah, she was outspoken, but she, she, they asked her, they hired her on knowing that she was an outspoken type of woman who did not uh, suffer fools and who did not bite her tongue. So it's kind of, you get what you give. And then I, I was on Amanda's side. How do you feel about that whole, if you speak out, do you expect to be shunned? And is that right or wrong? Hell yeah, I'm shunning you. If you so <laughs> You speak out, what the hell? And then you expect to be featured. Oh, she did such a good job, but you want to talk shit about the show? No, don't talk shit if you want to be featured on it. So the argument to that, some people say, is that Tamar Braxton left on a sour note, trashing the show and how they treated her in the end because they actually fired Tamar. Amanda Ooh. Seals left after six months. They fired Tamar and Tamar found out later that there were other ladies aka hosts of the show that were kind of involved in that and she was still mentioned and honored so do you think this was this was less about what was said but who said it i don't know did i don't know what tamar said versus what the other girl said oh 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 you want to know okay i could give me one second let's see if we context more. is important tamar braxton the real Tamar Braxton in 2006 was fired from The Real. It looks like in 2009, she was a guest on the William, Wendy Williams show. They uh, were talking about, like, I guess Wendy asked her if she would ever, like, reunite. Would she ever join the table again? And Tamar's response was, I do not want to be anybody's marketing tool this season. No shade. I just wish everybody well and just feel like. Sometimes God has to move you out of situations before you become more toxic to yourself. What if I was in a situation where I'm doing the Braxton's and it's very stressful. And then I'm doing this other show where people are being catty behind my back. What kind of person would I be right now sitting on this couch? I wouldn't be focused. I wouldn't be ready for my transformation. I wouldn't be ready for my elevation. And that's where I've got to go. I've got to go up, up, and up. That was in response to she was in like a montage for the upcoming season. She didn't like that as well as everybody asking if she would ever be on there. But previously, she did say that uh, she was fired and Lonnie Love had something to do with that. Okay. Well, those are different things people are complaining about. So in 2006, Tamar was fired. I read that one quote, what she said at Wendy. And then I also said that how previously she had talked about how she got fired from the real. And she thought Lonnie Love, a comedian on the show, one of the hosts had something to do with it. She didn't go back, but she's talked about why she wouldn't go back because she doesn't really trust them. She thinks that they're liars. Lonnie Love telling her side of the story says what she uh her perspective was that she got a group text from Tamar saying that she thinks that she's being fired. First person to answer was Tamar, Tamar, Tamara. Can I talk? I woke up from my nap and I answered about an hour later. I immediately called her. I said, what are you talking about? She didn't pick up. I ended up texting her, asking her what's going on. And uh, Lonnie says that Tamar didn't respond to her. 
Lonnie goes up to the higher ups, the executives over the reel, and she asked why Tamar wasn't coming back to the show, why she was fired. And Lonnie says they told me to basic they told me basically it was none of my business. Even though um, Tamar was included on the next season photo shoot, she thought everything was fine, even though Tamar is essentially blaming her. Well, one of the one of the people she is blaming for her leaving the reel. According to a source, they said, they don't say the source, they say Tamar is very difficult to work with and constantly having tantrums and is nasty to producers. But that's like just like a smear campaign on the way out. Who You can't really trust that when they've already been fired. Yeah. But yeah, that's... Um, and Tamar said on Insta- Oh yeah, and Tamar said on Instagram... I love you all, but I've been stabbed in the back by somebody, by someone I stupidly trusted, not my man or sisters, and I'm not about to be tried and tested to snitch. But know that everyone who smiles in your face is not your friend and is not cheering not cheering for you and will lie and try to tear you down to try to dim your light. That's that's what Tamar had to say on the subject of her not being there. Okay, I just feel like there are different statements from what she said and what the other woman said. Because, well, I think the only thing is is race. Amanda mentions race head on. Tamar talks about, huh? What race is Amanda? Uh, I think she's biracial. And Tamar's but she talks, block. But she talked about, huh? And Tamar's block. Yes, and uh, Amanda talked about there not being enough black executives, and specifically about a moment when she wanted to do a black segment but was paired with a white producer that was essentially just going to write all what she said down and not really put any effort towards it. Whereas Tamar was just talking about the show being rude and mean to her. Exactly. I feel like it's very different statements what they're saying. So you're saying since Amanda's attacking the show, of course the show's not going to honor her. Whereas Tamar just had personal gripes. Yeah. And she, she says they're catty and, She's hinting to more trouble, but she's not really saying much. That's true. I'll give you that. She is. She says she ain't gonna snitch. Tamar ain't yeah. gonna snitch. Keep your mouth shut. You'll be under real. <laughs> you want to run your mouth? You're not. You're not showing your face here. All right. So that brings me to my last final question about the real. If I leave, you get a new co-host. Am I in the montage and at the show? If you would leave and like you just have personal things going on and whatever. Yeah, you know, I'd be like, I started the show with Katrina. It's been so wonderful. Now I have a new co-host. But if you would leave and we'd have an argument and you'd be like, fuck that show. Jose was horrible to work with. <laughs> he did this, he did that. I'd be like, when I started the show, it was kind of hard. It was a little rough. But now I have a co-host that really supports me. Oh, you're so fake. I would cut you the fuck Not out. Not you trying to whitewash the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. All right, fair. I mean, you do you you do most of the work. Who am I to say? It, yeah, right. it just it. I don't think if you talk shit about something, you should be wanting to be affiliated with it. Like you talk shit, okay? Don't be affiliated with with us. We won't be affiliated with you. We're cool. Let's wash our hands with each other. Yeah, I get that side, but you know, I guess I'm just on this the side of. If you contributed, you should be named. That's that's honestly just how it is. But um, and I think it just gives production companies way too much power to exclude anybody and everybody for any little thing that they deem um, 
rude or defamatory or derogatory or whatever. Look, when you talk about Destiny's Child, you talk about Beyonce, Michelle Kelly. You don't talk about the other ones. Same situation. (laughs) You're talking about like if Destiny's Child was the real, you're only talking about those three. You're not talking Uh about Farrah, Latavia, and Latoya. Hey, bitch, I remember (laughs) Okay. You're more likely to bring up Solange than the other ones. Okay. Um, I think this is our last update before we get into just a couple hot topics, and that is Miss Monique. Oh, my God. Okay. Let's get to the short but literally most recent news, which is the Netflix lawsuit. Monique and Netflix have settled the lawsuit. It is no more. Monique is no longer uh, suing Netflix for the racial, sexual, what is not racial gender discrimination. Mm-hmm. Of course, the settlement terms are not going to be released, but I guess that they came to some terms that were adequate for both Netflix and Monique that she felt like she didn't need to fight this fight. Also would like to think that the most recent things that have been happening in her career might, might have a hand in that with her resolving her... Feud? Beef? Yes, her beef. That's good. Thank you. Uh, Her resolving her beef with her friend, Lee Daniels, and then finally having a conversation and coming together and reconciling, which was made possible by T.S. Madison, because other people was giving other people credit, but it was T.S. Madison who had a conversation with Monique, who then had a conversation with Lee Daniels, who got them together and to finally resolve all that acrimonious energy and all the stuff that they had dealt with from precious to now so uh, and the that whole was world cheered and the whole world cheered. i was happy i didn't i didn't my tears didn't you know come out of my eyes but i i was a little emotional because i was like y'all were actually for you know oprah T- tyler who who cares but lee daniels and monique were friends uh-huh. So, you know, I'm glad that they resolved that. So, yes, the Netflix and Monique thing is resolved. So much so that I wonder, maybe in two years, are we going to get a Netflix Monique stand-up to finally seal the deal? Who knows? But they've been known to do that. You know, solve their issues and maybe, like, throw a bone or show that they've really reconciled. And then, I'm not sure if I want to delve into this. You tell me how you feel. Have you been following or heard anything about this whole Monique and D.L. Hughley situation? That's what I thought you were going to talk about. Do you want to share any thoughts? Because, I mean, I I don't even have any of this research because I know essentially what it was and then it just devolved into a lot of back and forth name calling too much information. To me, it sounds like Monique is showing her ass. So you think in this, uh, this fight, Monique versus D.L., Monique is wrong. From what I saw, yes. I haven't Dove into it, but for my soul, she's wrong. I, I'll just tell you what I know, but I just want to know, why do you think she's wrong? Because the whole headlining thing, and then she goes on the stage and talks about it, and just bitches about it, and mm-hmm. goes on social media about it. It's like, girl, shut up. No one wants to hear you bitching about your work again. Okay. I do. Um, I agree, but not at that point. I think any I think everything Monique did was well within her right and okay up until we get to the whole using slash leveraging uh DL Hughley's video talking about his daughter's um sexual assault. That's when I was like, okay, this is about a fucking headliner gig. 
and we're we're de we're delving too much in. And then when I thought we couldn't do too much, you know, DL was pissed when she brought up the fact because what happened is a little backstory is that um, I guess DL Hughley's daughter was like raped or molested or sexually assaulted by a close family friend or a close friend of DL's his daughter had previously come to him about this and he did not believe her at first until somebody else I guess uh let him know and it was confirmed and how do we and know this information to begin with DL is saying it in an interview yes I think that's important to the story so DL's talking about this and he's talking about the fact that that decision to not believe his daughter in that moment weighs heavily in his heart and on his mind to this day. And, and um, him admitting he made a mistake. Yes, and he does say that he did make a mistake. Um, and Monique posts that interview on her social media with this long-ass caption of basically like, if he doesn't believe his own daughter, why would you believe him? And Oh, sorry. Why would you believe him and the lies he is telling and so on and so forth? Honestly, the caption doesn't even matter because... Like I said, this whole incident stemmed from a headliner gig. D.L. Hughley and Monique are both big comedians. Who's funnier? Monique. Who's the headliner? We don't fucking know because everybody's showing their paperwork that's saying they're the headliner and nobody has come clean on who's the fucking headliner. But it was such a simple thing that I thought after she roasted him on stage, case closed, you won, girl. You proved your point. Because apparently he was being petty and saying that he was not going to go on before her. He was going to close the show. And so that's why, even though she said she was the headliner, she went out second to last. But whatever. So I thought, okay, if you're And then pissed, she was late and to try to force it so she could be lost. Yeah, because they were having some fucking standoff, which... I mean, the audience is the one who fucking pays for that. <laughs> yeah. Like, bitch, I, I came to be entertained, not to be sat down. It was a pissing contest. Yeah, it really was. And so I thought, okay, yes, you both have marks against you. You roasted him because he felt you felt like he was being whiny or whatever. You won, let it go. But when it kept going and kept going, and then when DL saw that she posted that and essentially weaponized his daughter's sexual assault into proving a point on her case. He went unnecessarily in on her too, basically calling her the incestuous monster she played in Precious, you know, saying she was a monster, that she wasn't playing. She won that act, that Oscar because she was Mary Jones. And it was just like, it was a fucking headliner gig. Is D.L. Hughley wrong in some of the language he's used? Yes. But did Monique kind of start this by just going too far to, 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 to say that you're right? Like, I've never, I love Monique, but in this case, it's like, I don't want people to be like, that's why you're treated like that. That's because she didn't deserve that when she first got it. But she wholeheartedly deserves whatever consequences come from this whole Monique DL thing. Cause she's on the up and up. She's kind of still is. She's supposed to be premiering a 50 cents new show, which every single star show that 50 cent puts on becomes a hit. And uh, she's in Lee Daniels new movie. So I just felt like this was just not the time to get caught up in some fucking beef. We were finally on the win. We were finally on like, we're, we're, we're climbing up the damn mountain. Yeah, I 
I don't like Monique. I kind of feel like she's very talky, and I think you you should be talky and proud of your work. But just the whole thing previously left a bad taste in my mouth, and now, like you said, it even if it's not true, to most people it's going to seem like this just proves that she's the problem. And I... I think that's always, she wants to be right so bad that she's going to. Sometimes to her own detriment. to this level. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I like, agree. girl, at what cost? I agree. Like you had to drag all this up for what? Just so you could be like, I was supposed to be the headliner. Well, guess what? You weren't the headliner. Like you didn't close the show. Move on. Why is it always that she has to keep bringing it up? Like just let it go. I think maybe it's just one of those things where homegirl's just been fighting for so long she just don't know when she needs to stop but you know I can only hope that there have been no more recent attacks in the last few days so I can only hope that maybe somebody will has either taken the phones out of these people's hands and they have calmed down or somebody has even better gotten these two people together and told them to shut the fuck up and make up and 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 not to be divided over such a trivial issue. And both me, of y'all just, are icons and y'all both could be doing what the fuck y'all are supposed to be doing. She comes off as trying to be so smart and just how she talks. It just, I don't even know how to explain it. It just reeks the bullshit to me every time she's explaining herself. And I don't know why. You don't know why. Because hmm. I really did like her before. Did you? I did. I liked Doesn't her. Doesn't sound like it. I'm just <laughs> Because I'm not going to defend her just because I used to like her. I agree. I, I think um, there was a point in time where I was on her side, and then she definitely lost me with that post. And I'm just like, girl, we got to do better. But I can only hope she's on the up and up. Hopefully, no more spats. Hopefully. I really, truly want Monique to be in movies, in TV. I really want her to win. I just don't want her to get bogged down by all this simple shit that people try to throw at her. It just seems I like get it. You don't want to be disrespectful. I mean, you don't want to get disrespected, but you gotta know. It's like that whole fucking cliche. You gotta know when to hold them, when to fold them. Some battles are just better lost. Yeah, and it's like with the Netflix, they weren't paying enough. At Tyler Perry and Oprah, they tried to make her work when she was supposed to work on this one she was supposed to be headliner it's always something it's not perfect for fucking monique well that's true but i only agree with her being wrong on this one on that tyler perry shit and netflix shit firmly on monique's side but i get it so we're done with the updates let's do uh run through a couple of quick little topics of what's been happening have you heard about rebel wilson she's a lesbian she is a lesbian, a, a Lee Dalla Bean. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, as we, so let's let's talk about it, how it unfolded. I'm not about to get into days because who cares? This all happened in a span of a week. Let's say day X, Rebel posts a picture of her and new girlfriend basically saying, you know, I wasn't looking for a prince my whole life. I was looking for a princess. Oh, this my girlfriend. Oh, all right. That's what happens on day Y. The S. Uh, what is it? The Sydney Morning Herald from columnist. Let's. I don't want to get this wrong. Let he needs his due. Andrew Hornery writes the 
smuggest, condescending, rudest, backhanded, fluffing his own pillow type of article I had ever read. I mean, read in my life. He says, in a perfect world, outing same-sex celebrity relationships should be redundant. Should be a redundant concept in 2022. Love is love, right? Big mistake. He goes on to say that uh, Miss Wilson opted to gazump the story by revealing her relationship with that LA designer on Instagram first. He also goes on to say that basically answer the question, which is how the fuck did he know? And how did Rebel Wilson know that he know? Uh, he says that he contacted Miss Wilson about what he knew. And he says that Miss Wilson chose to ignore his quote, discreet, genuine, and honest queries. And that was, in our view, underwhelming. <laughs> and then says, of course, who anyone dates is their business, but Wilson happily fed such pruent interest when she had a hunky boyfriend, talking about like a past uh, relationship Rebel was in that she like posted on her Instagram and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And it was just basically inflating the fact that he was trying to be a nice guy by giving Rebel this warning, two days, mind you, a two-day warning that he was going to out her in the Sydney Morning Herald. And she never responded. Instead, to, took those two days and then posted her girlfriend because they were being fucking assholes by even entertaining outing her and thinking that that was going to be okay. Um, and then re writes this uh, article basically saying that um, we didn't out her. Um, Same-sex relationships are normal now, which is same-sex relationships are normal. Are they treated as normal still <laughs> or right now? Uh, not really. No. Because what ends up happening is after this article is released and all the hellfire from not only Rebel Wilson fans, but people of the LGBT community see what this paper tried to do to this, this actress, they're like, why would you try to out somebody? She didn't deserve this. Two days notice on uh, this makes no sense. And oh, Andrew, uh, Andrew is an openly gay man as well. Um, so it was just like, what the fuck is this? So they deleted the, the column online. Of course, if it was in the papers, in the paper. And then they responded with a different article, kind of saying sorry, but not really. They basically said, one of the quotes is, I made mistakes over Rebel Wilson and we will learn from them. I, I genuinely regret that Rebel has found this hard. That was never my intention, but I see she has handled it with all the extraordinary grace. As a gay man, I'm well aware of how deeply discriminate, discrimination hurts. The last thing I would ever want to do is inflict that pain on someone else. So why would you try to out her and then be so prideful as to state that the reason why Rebel came out was because you tried to out her. I just didn't understand that. Yeah, it, that whole, the first part really pissed me off that she had the gumption or whatever to... Yeah, she had to gazump our story. Gazump I've never story, heard that yeah. word. It's like, this is her life. What are you talking about? If she wants to take control of the story and put it out in the way she wants to do it, let her do that. Like, how dare you? Like, 
you're playing dumb about the whole in this day and age it doesn't matter but it yes. still matters and you don't know her personal life she could have some people in her family that she doesn't want to know for whatever reason or whatever <laughs> you know i'm the type that i don't think people need to come out i think if you're gay just start dating people of the same sex if you're straight start dating people of the opposite sex but i did exactly like maybe she had a date and time in in her mind yeah i mean that it was just so stupid for that and then i kept seeing that he was pretty out there that he's a gay man then obviously you know the history of coming out and being outed and how you shouldn't really out people when they don't want to be outed mm, yeah yeah, I, and I feel it, it was just also the way that they handled it and answered it and the fact that they're like, oh, she handled it with such grace, but you're not really apologizing for what you did. You keep just saying that we didn't out her. Like, they're saying stuff like, um, it's not in the Herald's business to out people, and that's not what we set out to do, but I understand why my email has been seen as a threat. The framing of it was a mistake. The Herald and I will approach things differently from now on to make sure we always take in consideration the extra layer of complexities people face when it comes to their sexuality. And it's like, Fire oh, this, this is such a, a, a perfect quote that was not in your brain when you, when you emailed this woman about her female partner that she had never been seen with. And you, as an openly gay man, understand the discriminations, but you still felt like it was okay to do that. And y'all still don't want to apologize. And all you're talking about is how you will do better. And this is this, and this is that. And you're deleting columns. I, I just, I, it, it was, was not awesome. really accountability. They didn't really take accountability. They just try to make it go away and praise Rebel in the process to like grease their, their shitty wills. The plain dumps would really piss me off. If it was a man, we would have wrote the same article. It's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, what do you mean? You literally made fun of her in the article for acting like this was a big deal, but it wasn't when she was uh, basically showing off her previous boyfriends. Uh -huh. Like, you, you were giving off a very catty vibe in that first article. And then in the second article, it was very tail uh, tucked between my legs, but too prideful to say the words, I'm sorry. So it's like, yeah, you're just full of shit. Him and the editor, Bevan Shields. So Andrew Hornery, trash. Bevan Shields, trash. Sydney Morning Herald. Some of those staff writers I read were pissed about this because they said, because of the actions that Andrew and Bevan have done, it makes all the writers under that company look kind of shitty and unethical or at least like they don't have values or morals yeah it really does so yeah that's bad for them you know great for rebel wilson you know get your thing girl get yeah, your but licked. <laughs> it, it should have just been something that she shouldn't have felt pressure to announce or all right one more two-day frame yeah let's see this is my last one let's do this this could be the last one real quick have you heard? Oh, no. We have one, two more. In fact, let's talk about Saucy Santana. I was about Saucy to talk about, Santana. I was about to talk about Jennifer Material Aniston. Girl. But let's talk about Saucy Santana. So did you hear about this? So for those who are not familiar, Saucy Santana is the openly gay rapper with a very unique look. He is a 
very hefty, tall black man who is who has a beard and a BBL and who's very effeminate and who raps. That's who Saucy Santana is. TikTok, he does he did the walk song and he does the material world song. And he's best friends with Carisha, aka Young Young Miami from the City Girls. You know, that's a little bit about Santana. So Santana has been blowing up recently, doing music with bigger artists and just rising in popularity due to some of the memes that you come across on Instagram and Twitter and the personality that he just has when the camera's on, as well as like his catchy beats and raps and catchphrases. Mm -hmm. So so, for some reason or another, uh, (laughs) because it really did just come out of nowhere. Somebody went on Saucy Santana's Twitter and just looked up, I guess, different words or different celebrities. And one that they looked up was Blue Ivy. And boy, did they come across some incriminating tweets. Let's read them. I think before, though, he said something talking about Beyonce's album, upcoming album. Oh, like he was excited I, I, for it or something. Oh, really? That's what started this off? Yeah, and I was like, are you really? What oh, about really? I didn't you hear about this? that part. Okay, so you know that part before me. So him saying he was excited for Beyonce's album had the Beehive say, let's let's verify that. <laughs> <laughs> let's verify that. Well, okay, let's talk about some of these tweets. One of First of all, let's acknowledge Twitter used to have this weird ass retweet system where when you did a retweet of somebody else's tweet, it showed up at the end of their quotation marks. So the original tweet is, I just want to be blue Ivy with the emojis. His response is nappy headed or with the eyes emoji. (laughs) The, uh, we have another tweet. The original tweet says, I'm sorry, but Northwest clears Blue Ivy. Have several car seats blue. And Saucy Santana's uh, response is, just said this yesterday. (laughs) Another tweet. The original one is, Beyonce with that MF pregnancy glow. And Santana responds, she looks dry to me. Then I think there's, okay, now these ones are not confirmed because the only ones I heard that went off were the Blue Ivy ones, but there's reportedly some Cardi B culture ones. Oh. They're from a different, it's, it's, it's a Saucy Santana account, but it's not the same username as the one before. So he could have changed it. He could have had a different account or this could be Photoshop, but I'm still going to share with the public because it was mentioned in a couple articles, just not as much as Blue Ivy. The Cardi ones say, I would tell Cardi to abort the baby, but sus looked too far along. <laughs> what? I know. The second one says, I'm sorry, Cardi B baby going to be too funny looking. So in response, when everybody was all up in uh, Santana's mentions, like, you a grown ass man talking about this little ass girl is fucked up. How dare you? You should apologize. You was wrong. You need to be held accountable. You know, all the stuff that the Beehive says and probably a lot worse. I'm not going to say that everybody was being respectful and professional, but I mean, you get what you give. You know, they weren't. (laughs) 
I know they weren't, but what I hate is when celebrities are obtuse to the point where they only respond to the trolls or the people who are being really disrespectful because you know that's not what this is about. You know that they're just being assholes. It's about the the anti-blackness of your statements, the the just the colorism, the history behind it with black people's hair, with Blue Ivy in particular. But anyway, we'll get to that. He goes off. Uh, he starts responding, fake ass, woke, oh, fake woke ass bitches. People don't care about old tweets. The internet have this weird thing with power, thinking they have the power to cancel someone. Newsflash, you don't. Y'all be thinking y'all have somebody by the balls about situations you don't give a damn about. Stop all that cap trying to ruin people's careers because you at home miserable and broke. I was miserable and broke too, making childish, hateful tweets in 2014. I'm 28 years old, a grown-ass adult, a completely different mindset on life from when I was 20, but y'all knew that. So here's my problem with that. That was... Oh, and he was just basically, you know, double down on the fact that he wasn't going to apologize. He had nothing to be sorry for. One of the tweets, uh, I know the line was, if I said something wrong about somebody, I need to apologize to that person. Why the fuck would I apologize to y'all? So uh -huh. I think it's stupid. Santana is talented, but showcased his talents and got popular on the Internet. And the criticism he should have cared about was the criticism of him saying those hurtful, rude, wrong statements as an adult about a child, as well as you considering that some of these people are fans of yours and black women or fans of yours and fans of Beyonce. And they're like, well, this this was unnecessary. You didn't need to say something. You should, you should at least apologize, own up, have accountability. But instead, it was like, nah, y'all fake, y'all wrong, y'all act like y'all care about this, but you don't, and y'all can't cancel me, and fuck y'all. Like, he was almost at an apology when he was saying that he was miserable and broke, and the mindset he was in fed him to be negative and talk down on a child, which, first of all, this, that doesn't excuse what he did. But if you would have ended that with, and I apologize because that was completely wrong. And obviously that is not who I am or something to that effect. It could have been easier to swallow. But you said this shitty stuff about a black girl who had been criticized since before she came out. They were saying Beyonce had a fake belly. They said this bitch was wearing a, a fake stomach and it was turning in on itself. And that Beyonce, Blue Ivy was an alien, came from heaven. It, she wasn't even real. And then when yeah. she came out, all they wanted to do was get a picture of her. Beyonce tried to hide her to have a normal childhood, to be a first-time mother with peace. But as soon as she put her out in the public eye to not only, you know, to be a regular family, but to showcase her family openly, everybody started talking about, oh, blue hair's not uh, done. It's nappy. Oh, my God. Look at her hair compared to her baby. She don't treat that baby right. It was just like... It's been crazy since Blue Ivy's been born. And for these tweets to come out for however dumbass reason they came out and you just not own up to them and apologize and dead it, I just speak, that also just speaks to your ego. Yeah, if he would have just said, I was broken, miserable, 
I'm a different person now. Perfect. I apologize. You mm -hmm. get to the point where you're like so against being wrong and being that it was so long ago. Like just, just, a, just say, just move past it. Just say I was wrong. That's it. Like why, yeah. why do you have to bring Double up down. other thing about cancel culture and stands that don't matter and you can't cancel yeah. me? Like shut up. Like just honestly, people can not cancel you, but to some people that is enough to i'm not listening to your shit like you don't like beyonce i don't like you type of thing yeah i think what happens is these celebrities these famous people um really get their feelings hurt by what some of these trolls and regular ass people be saying about them they get so deep in their feelings that they can't close the app nor can they apologize all they can do is just fight back they just have to fight back they they can't admit they were wrong they can't say anything but Fuck you, bitch. You ain't got shit on me. You can't cancel me. I'm God. I'm King Kong in this bitch. And that there's shit. a little fear to it. This career that he has been working at is being threatened over something stupid from years ago mm -hmm. that he, he could be mad and scared. And this is just him lashing out because he doesn't know how to process his emotions properly. Mm-hmm. But if you if if you a grown ass man at 28 just like you was a grown ass man at 20, you should be able to start working on yourself about um, taking responsibility and knowing when to step back. And who knows what will happen in the next week or two, but I definitely don't think everybody was talking about, first of all, I don't know where this came out, but people were like, you just ruined your Beyonce feature. You just, first of all, if anybody's up next for a Beyonce feature, it is not Santana. <laughs> he may be he may have been in line for a Beyonce shout out and he killed that most definitely, but he was not in line for a feature. Um, but uh everything that happened since then is uh Beyonce's cousin, uh Angie, did like a Instagram story uh with Blue Ivy, you know, the brown skin girls in the background basically uh said some, uh the quote was because she has her Instagram story, she has brown skin girls playing in the black background. And she says, dear brown skin girls and women, you are beautiful just the way you are. And at the bottom, she has the Malcolm X quote, the most disrespected person in America is the black woman. And we know Beyonce and her cousin is close. So I felt like that was a B message. Like maybe Beyonce don't care about Santana, but she was just letting you know, I'm watching you. Also, and Blue sorry. Ivy did get a lot of hate, which is so funny to say she got a lot of hate because she was... You a know, child. A, a toddler, not a even a baby. child. When about, that first picture came out, she was a baby. About her hair specifically. And sadly, what it seemed like to me, it was coming a lot from the Black community. And Talk I mean, Black people who had like, well, Black people and um, like columnists, like people in charge of like blogs and magazines and like media so i don't want to excuse him but there was a lot of people just i i guess it was before the big push for the natural hair movement where a lot of people were just attacking this poor child and beyonce's mothering skills because they were saying the child's hair looks nappy the child looks like beyonce doesn't take care of her and it's so stupid because the child is just wearing her natural hair. This is, yeah, I think this was also when Beyonce was really heading into her pro-black era. Not saying she wasn't 
pro-black before, but she was speaking out a lot about more political things, both outwardly and in her music. She also, um, this was like right at the cusp of self-titled when not also not saying that she wasn't solidified, but this self-titled to me, even though I had already loved Beyonce to that point, I think is when she solidified her untouchable icon status. People, and there was just so much hate towards Beyonce. So I think that played a part in it too, is like, we don't like Beyonce. And since we can't talk about you, we'll talk about the next most uh, vulnerable and hateful thing, which is your daughter and her hair. I never really saw like a white child be talked about their hair that way. If never. anything, it would be like cute child has messy hair day or something. I agree with the hair situation, but I will say overall white or black or any race, Americans and specifically, I think maybe all of different populations, different country, countries, but especially Americans with the whole paparazzi and the way we cater to celebrities, they have this obsession, whether it's good or bad with celebrity babies. I mean, Blue Ivy, Northwest, Surrey Cruz, Shiloh, P Jolie Pitt, like all these celebrity babies that pop out from these, these, couples it's like oh my gosh we're gonna love them intensely or oh my gosh we fucking hate their guts it's like yeah these are children calm your ass down but yeah I think a lot of those babies that you named though if you look at the attention those babies got versus the attention blue ivy got oh definitely different vibes, different vibes. Mm -hmm. it's more, yeah it's more hate towards blue ivy as a child say Oh, she has Jay-Z's nose, or oh, she kind of looks like Jay-Z. And it, I, I mean, it goes to racism. And I said the black community earlier is mostly saying it. I don't want to say they're the only people saying it because I know other people are too. They're gonna be like, how your how your non-black ass know what the fuck we was talking about. <laughs> but yeah. Stay out of our fucking business, Jose. I know. That's, uh, this, this is I a mean, black to be fair, who I noticed was primarily. Uh, different people in the black community who held jobs in media and different white journalists. That, that was the mix of people I saw who criticized Blue Ivy's hair the most. People who had a platform who were either white or black, um, Hispanic, Asian, wanted to either say something polarizingly, polarizing period about Blue Ivy. Sometimes it ended up sweet, uh, a lot of times it ended up being a uh, criticism depending on how they felt about Beyonce during that year. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Um, when you compare Blue Ivy to those other celebrity children, now, then, and maybe even the future, I think she has definitely been so very criticized and ridiculed. And I think that's why you really see people on Twitter and Instagram, especially part of the black community, hail and praise Blue Ivy to no end because they realized people did her dirty, said things that were just so out of pocket. So you have to lay that love and that praise on her now because she deserved it then and she deserves it now. And um, we trying to uh, move forward and be progressive, you know? And so... It's so That's why I think though. Saucy like, Santana should have just apologized to be on a whole new le leaf and just say, I was a dumbass who contribute contributed to that culture, and that's not me anymore. Because what he did 
A couple days later, when Blue Ivy and Jay Z were at the um, Warriors game, the finals game, uh-huh. and uh, somebody said, "Well, I wonder what Santana thinks now," and he's like, "Hair serving, hard eyes." It was like, "Sit your fucking fake ass down, literally <laughs> and figuratively," because it's like I would believe that if you would have tried. But yeah, so I think there's some other things I could talk about, but this has gone long enough. I think we can end it there. No, and- one more, one more, one more. You said yeah too, so one more. Okay, I was going to talk about the Jennifer Aniston quote. You want to talk about that? I don't know it. Okay, so basically Jennifer Aniston gave a interview. I think it was an actor's, I don't know what it was, but she gave an interview. And nobody cared about anything she said in the interview except for a couple excerpts. And I'll read them to you and you tell me how you feel. She better keep Jolie's name out her mouth. Hey, shout out AJ. Still love you, boo. All right. When she is talking about fame and how it's changing and how people come across it or whatever, this is her quote. It was right at the time when the internet really shaped a new culture about people becoming famous. This thing of people becoming famous for basically doing nothing. I mean, Paris Hilton, Monica Lewinsky, all those. She says, she goes on to say, I always say, I feel lucky that we got a little taste of the industry before it became what it is today, which is just different. More streaming services, more people. You're famous from TikTok. You're famous from YouTube. You're famous from Instagram. It's sort of almost like it's diluting our actor's job. Now, just to give you full scope, I am going to say her last part that people don't include, which is um, how she's grateful that she had her friend co-stars because fame nowadays is out of control. She says, we were exploding and that kind of notoriety was sudden and we were and we were in these four walls doing the show and this insanity is happening. And thank God we had each other because we really couldn't talk about it outside. It was before social media, so we still had some sanity. I can't imagine how young kids today are becoming famous because there's no place to escape and understand what you're going through. I miss those days. I feel very nostalgic for the past. I don't see anything wrong with her quote. (laughs) So what basically people are harping on is like, you're saying I'm an actor and I'm this important actor who does these important things and I'm, I'm famous for a real reason. But nowadays, you got all these folks who are just famous from TikTok and YouTube and stuff, and they make what they're making what I seem easy when in reality, what I do is very hard. And these people are kind of not putting in enough work as I had to to get into the industry. She's saying it's very easy to get into the industry nowadays, and that these people are nowadays are famous for nothing. Okay, I can see where she's coming from because you have, let's just say TikTok, for instance. Mm -hmm. You have these himbos, these male bimbos on there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they just dance around in gray sweatpants and have their penis swinged up and down while they're dancing. And then they become famous and get millions of followers. And then they're kind of, not kind of, they are famous. They have all these deals now. And it's very, if you're attractive, you know, you get it. But Mm -hmm. it's... It's very, how do I, how do you say, random. Like, 
these people can be famous for nothing. There's people who get famous for having a funny looking cat and then they turn that into brand deals. There's Brittany Broski, who I love, but she became famous for drinking kombucha, the kombucha girl, the meme. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, she's famous. And I mean, she's actually doing something with it. I think she's like funny, but a lot of these people aren't really doing anything to get that fame or keep it. They're just a name people know. Mm, people okay. that I like, people that I follow on TikTok, on YouTube, but they're just, they got lucky. They're coasting off of this fame that they had in early TikTok days, I think, or even now. Mm. And I just want to give an example, like Chris Olson. He's okay. pretty famous. He had a relationship with Ian. Okay. And that was how they became famous, like during the pandemic. They just posted their relationship stuff. They broke okay. up. And Chris Olson's still out there being famous, like with all these famous people. Oh. And he doesn't really have a talent he works on. I don't know who the fuck that is, but okay, I get you. I mean, well, yeah, you don't know who he is, but he's like one of the most famous people on TikTok. And ooh. Like Chris Olsen, Noah Bad, Addison Ray, uh-huh. all these kids become famous. Okay, so I yes and no. This is what I, I'll say. This is another one where two. I understand both sides. I definitely understand what she was saying, and maybe even her core intent of yeah. Nowadays, people can do anything and just be famous, and uh, they don't always deserve it. But to this, I say. All the actors who are acting in the world, some of them can't act for shit. So essentially, they're famous for nothing. People like, just for, like, Jen Aniston, um, uh, Maude Apatow, Charlie Sheen. These are, these are actor babies. These are people also who were lucky. If they didn't have the parents that they had, would they be in the industry? So Maybe it's like, not, yeah, I you feel were, like Jennifer no, Aniston does have some acting chops. No, no. And I agree with that. But and then I also have to think about she's just talking about in this Internet thing, with the exception of Addison Ray, which that shit went on Netflix, that he's all that. I don't even know why they wanted her in it, but that was made especially for Addison Ray. If it, it went on Netflix, everybody talked about how bullshit it was, whatever. Movie stars and TV stars are still always going to be more famous and get more accolades than the YouTube stars and the TikTok stars and the Instagram stars. You know why? Because all those aforementioned stars are all trying to get into TV and film because they know that a whole bunch of followers don't mean shit if you can't be nationwide and then worldwide. But I so like- Jennifer Aniston may may not be the most relevant famous person like Addison Ray and like all those other creators that are X, Y, and Z that are the same carbon copy, but she will always be more well-known worldwide, and she will always get a bigger paycheck, and she will always be honored more than those people. So I felt like it was it, it was kind of unnecessary in a way, because I, I didn't think it really explained her situation. It just sounded, it came across to me um, in a different way, that she was kind of being just like a little old school. Like back in my day, 
if you wanted to be famous, yet your dumbass had to act and you had to be on a show or a movie. You couldn't just open up an app on your phone and have money and fame. I, I just kind of think you're old. That you don't see these up and coming people who are switching over. I agree. And there's a lot of people who are Aniston's age, younger or older, who do see the trends and have jumped on it. No, you know I how think many celebrities old. are on? No. Well, yes I mean, and no. Look, you have Chase Hudson, Lil Huddy. He came from the Hype House. Which was a flop. No, but he's doing really good in his career. You have Okay, so what is he doing that you would say that? He's doing really good in his career because he's what? He's doing cuz what? A lot of people are liking his videos. No, Does he have a hit on the Billboard? He became a musician. I I don't know how well he's doing on there, but he's like a common name now on TikTok. You have Charlie D'Amelio who on- is opening for a concert for a Big Time Rush later this year. Also, that's nothing to me. I thought Big Time Rush was trash baggery. And she has her own show on Hulu. That everybody makes fun of because it shows how out of touch her and her family are. I just, I think these people are coming over. And if you ask people younger than us about actors, they don't really know them like they used to. They know these stars. I think that you're not giving the generation as much credit. I think you're right, but I think you're not giving them as much credit. I think it's what I said before. I think that like who little Huddy, little Shacky, all these wacky tobaccos, they're more relevantly famous. They're they're right now, but they could fall off and we don't hear from them for a month or two or six and we don't care about them anymore. If Jennifer Aniston or fucking Brad Pitt or whatever, if they fall off the face of the earth, everybody's going to wonder where they are. Everybody's going to know. Girls, young girls, teenage girls, young boys, teenage girls, there's um, boys, they, there's certain actors and certain singers and people that you know. I think it's just true on both sides. I think there's people who are actors like Jennifer Aniston who are famous for having famous uh, parents or just being lucky and being in good blockbuster movies or being lucky and being in big TV shows. But that doesn't mean that they have real talent. And I think that there are some very lazy, lucky millennials on TikTok and YouTube who do get a lot of brand deals and fame, but they can't really translate that into a fan base that really sticks with them. Look, I I just want to say this. I work at a restaurant where a lot of young people, the Gen Zers, they know these actors these not these social media presences. Mm-hmm. I look at our analytics. Anytime we cover a YouTube star versus an actor, that episode does so much better. Mm-hmm. Because that's what brings people in. And get with the times, girl. I, and I'm- so that's where we'll end this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so as you know, we like to end our episodes on a pull of notes and talk about a piece of media. That brings us joy that we would like to share, that we love, we like, or that has been on our mind. So, Jose, would you like to go first and share? I would not. <laughs> okay. Real quick, I saw the movie Arrival for the first time, and it made me think. Um, it's not the typical movie I would really watch, but it just made me think. First of all, this is spoilers. I guess I'm going to just tell you how it ends. 
It has Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner. I don't know their character names. I don't feel like saying that right now. But an alien ship, life force, aliens uh, touch down on Earth. There's like a whole bunch of pods in all these different countries. And they're each sharing a message that we have to put together to figure out what the fuck they are talking about. What do they want from the human race or whatever? Why are they here? And Amy Adams is, uh, I guess, this really good professor, whatever, who can decode languages. And so they get her and Jeremy Renner and a whole bunch of people to decode these messages. Throughout the film, Amy Adams is getting these, what we think are like memories of her and this um, child, this girl, from like birth to um, teenager. And you find out throughout the film as she's getting these memories, these flashbacks that um, this is her daughter and she ends up dying from, I think, cancer. And Amy ends up, along with the aliens, putting all these clues together uh, to get the Chinese government to stand down because they were about to go off and fire off at these aliens. And they decode the message and they save the human race because the decoding was something that the humans had to do for the aliens so the aliens can help the humans and whatever. At the end, Amy is talking to the aliens and she's like, I keep getting these flashbacks of me and this little girl. Who the hell is this little girl? And you as the viewer are like, oh shit, this bitch don't know that's her daughter. So it turns out that she's getting premonitions. These are not memories. These are not flashbacks. She's getting premonitions of what is going to happen in the future, which is essentially she's going to give birth to a baby girl and she will unfortunately grow up to get cancer and, and die. Um, and then it is revealed at the end of the film that uh, Jeremy Renner and her are going to get together. And like he whispers to her, like, do you want to make a baby? Um, what I didn't share is that throughout the flashbacks, as you see her and this girl um, grow up, is that the father ends up leaving. And so at the end, Amy Adams is like, if you knew like how bad something was going to hurt you in the end, or if you knew what was going to happen at the end, would you still take the journey? Would you still go through with that? And she essentially does. She ends the film kissing Jeremy Renner with such emotion of them having a child and all that, and then him eventually leaving and the child dying. But it was just so curious to me, like, because I don't know. On certain things, if I knew what would happen at the outcome, would I still fall into that path for it to happen, even if I knew it would teach me a lesson and then that the journey would be enjoyable and would be great? Or would I ignore it and still end up in something worse? So it just it's like one of those thinking movies. It was really interesting. Um, I described it horribly. So if you're still interested, definitely watch it be like me in a bad day and look it up on wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm a little confused but it has been on my list of stuff i wanted to watch yeah because you're i i took out the biggest part of the movie which is all the alien stuff yeah I, that's what i was saying aren't there aliens like <laughs> yeah. that's what i thought it was about i'm like um okay yeah yeah i took out all the alien stuff to get to the main point but like i said i'm not even an alien movie person but that Arrival was a good, a good film. Good film. So Interesting. And I'm not even a big Amy Adams fan. I mean, she's cool. She's not one of my favorite actors, but yeah, she's a, she's a fantastic actor. Jeremy Renner, mm, jury's still out. I forget who he is. 
he started one of the later Jason Bourne, Bourne identity things, which I didn't understand. And I think he was in the town. Oh, too many people I've never seen. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have to offer? Ah, oh, some bullshit. <laughs> I guess what I have to offer this week for my media, just because I mentioned her already, okay. is Brittany Broski, the kombucha girl. I watch her podcast, Violating Community Guidelines, with Sarah Shower. Mm-hmm. And they just go over, like, internet things. They talk about furries, bronies, tweet decking, AI influencers. Just, like, stuff that happens online that I guess kind of needs some explanation, like a little deep dive into it. And mm-hmm. it's interesting because sometimes I don't know what's going on with keeping up with these younger gen, these Gen Zers. Well, yeah, me too. I mean, I just got some sisters and a brother. Usually, if I have a question, I ask one of them crumb snatchers. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I always feel like I'm always late to the party when it comes to new things now. And the party is over when you show up. <laughs> I would I would see some other topics that violate community guidelines have because they have some interesting ones. They do go on like very long tangents, which makes me feel good about this podcast because I'm like they just talk mostly about other things that make no sense. Um they yeah, talked about <laughs> creepy pasta, which I know about, conspiracy theories, uh. LinkedIn influencers, fan fiction, ASMR. Mm. Horny on Main, Thirst Traps, Omega on Chapter is Horny on Main? That's how you know you're old, girl. I knew what Horn- <laughs> Horny on Main? So it's like when you're on your main account and you're acting horny. That is not no, oh shit. That's just some dumb. Sometimes I ain't, oh, I'm just smart to not be saying no dumbass shit. <laughs> Bitch, we call that thirsty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Horny I, on me. Oh, don't my Jose, I was linked to the podcast. It was horny on me. <laughs> I'm so, so unbelievably horny on the mean. There's more to it. Like, their horny on main episodes, like an hour long. Horny on the main. Uh, blind items, which is a good one. Oh, I like a good blind item. I ain't gonna lie. Uh huh. Internet crime solvers. What? It's interesting, like, how the internet grows, and a lot of those things, they, like, talk about how it, like, originated, where it originated from. It's kind of cool to see how she kept her fame after just being a kombucha girl. Yeah, she gets to be friends with Trixie Mattel. Trixie Mattel, Ethan Klein. Oh, my goodness. Have you watched Trixie Mattel? I don't have Discovery Plus. Oh, I actually love it. I, I, I watched the sneak peek she 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 let us have, but I didn't get past that. And then I you know I watched Trixie's um, video, so I watched the video where um, she introduces her boyfriend to the channel, and um, she shows the premiere of Trixie Motel. All, you know everybody who showed up and everything. She has that one woman on there. I forget her name. Oh my goodness! Hold on, pause. 
Oh, I have to know who you're talking about now. Who's this woman she be having on there? Her channel, let me think. And it's not Brittany. I don't know what other woman she be having on there. I know she's been a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, you're talking about Nicole Byer. Nicole Byer. Love Nicole Byer. She (laughs) is hilarious. At least when she's judging. I have just started, like, getting into her. Like, I saw her on TikTok clips and just being hilarious. And she's done a few videos with Trixie. Mm -hmm. And I've just been, like, very slowly diving into her content. But it's hilarious so far. Yeah, she's funny. She came from, well, I know she didn't come from there. But where I first saw her was... um, the fucking show everybody in high school was obsessed with the fucking girl code, guy code. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I forgot about that. What's her name again? Nicole Byer, B-Y-E-R. Nicole Byer. Um, she was also on that one show, Z-Way. Have you seen Z-Way? Oh, okay, Z-Way. Okay, <laughs> for some reason, I was like, what the fuck? Okay, I, I had to remember how it was spelled. I've, I haven't gotten a chance to fully dive in. I've only seen the clips. Those, but yes, I, I yeah. want to watch it so much. That is definitely on my list. I might watch it tonight because I've watched a lot of her clips on that episode. It's just so hilarious. Yeah, the problem is is that um, I'm locked out of the, the Showtime account. <laughs> I think it's on Hulu now. It's I don't on know. Hulu. I, was I, say, I, I don't know. I'm about to say, if it's on Hulu, consider it added. Yeah, I don't know if it's like one of those add-on things. I hate when I click on something and it says, well, just get Hulu live. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bitch, no. <laughs> For 50 more dollars. Exactly. <laughs> Man. But yeah, great choice. Brittany Broska. Yeah, and... There was some where it seemed like she was doing a block scent when she first started. Yeah. I feel like like she's dropped it, and I I don't know. She says there's a Southern thing. Judge for yourselves. I was going to say, that wasn't the controversy I heard she got caught up in with the Black community, but I don't feel like looking for it. But as far as I know, she ain't under fire right now, so good good for her. Bitch, you better stay out of that fire. You stay in your white business. <laughs> that reminds me of fucking Buckwild and Flavor Flav. Buckwild said, I cannot be here. Um, She disrespected, disrespected your house. She smokes in your house. And Flavor Flav said, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Where the fuck did Jack sit and go? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Becky Buckwild. Time to get buck wild. All right, that's that's the end. That's We've it? been here too long. <laughs> Do you have anything else to add? Praise to Most High, my ceiling. Praise it. Okay, if you're gonna reach out to us, that's Save Your Sorry on Twitter. The your is spelled U R. Our Instagram is Save Your Sorry. Katrina will respond to you in two months, and our email. <laughs> is save your sorry at gmail.com please write us an email let us know what you think about these hot topics about these updates and if you made it this far i'm a little concerned if you haven't listened to the other episodes but 
<laughs> you should yeah. probably listen to those before listening to the updates. Or if, um, if we missed the update, because, you know, sometimes I don't know if people even care, so I take things off the list. So let me know. Complain. Uh-huh. Or, yeah, let us know. And please leave us a review, leave us a rating. And this was a different episode, but it we'll was be back a good to one. regularly scheduled programming next week. Next week, maybe. Okay. Why do you say maybe? Like, maybe. are you saying maybe we won't be back to regular scheduled programming, or maybe we won't have an episode? Let's see next week. I guess I'm going to find out next week, too. Yeah, damn. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Bye.